0: This is the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. The most recent issue of Cigar Snob includes a story about Agonorsa, the Nicaragua based agriculture company that has become one of that country's most prolific growers of premium cigar tobacco, as well as respected manufacturers of premium cigars. So while I was in Nicaragua for that story, I interviewed Nick Melillo, the founder of Foundation Cigar Company. You can find some of his quotes in that story in the magazine. In this episode of the podcast, you'll hear the full interview with Nick, where we get into the company's beginnings, what's on the horizon for the product front, and what it's been like for him to transition from uh, many years living in Esteli, Nicaragua, to life on the road in the U.S. with his own brand. Before we get into that interview, a word from this episode's sponsor, Safra Rum. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of Safra rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, Senior Editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small-batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment... In a proprietary locally grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top-shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio. But it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. That's Z-A-F-R-A Rum. Safra Rum. Always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without Safra. All right, and now here is that interview with Nick Malillo. So we're we're here. We're here.
1: At Tabsa. Great place to be. One of my favorite places to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about... Um, you know, I, I think especially people who are into the podcast, you're going to be disproportionately people who are online and in social media and are, are in that way probably have come across the brand. But tell me a little bit about uh, about Foundation and and what the what your uh, vision for for all of this was at the very beginning. Has it hasn't changed at all in the time that you've been at it?
1: Yeah. So Foundation, we launched in at f- uh, the trade IPCBR show in. July of 2015, and I, you know, having lived here in Nicaragua since 2003, not being on the sales and distribution side, it was very important for me to express my love for Nicaragua. Um, So I really wanted to make a blend that was 100% Nicaraguan and a brand that really expressed the heart and soul of what Nicaragua was to me, but also the Nicaraguan people. Um, and that was the start at the IPCPR. And I knew, having worked with Aganorsa Topsa since 2003, you know, I purchased a lot of tobacco over the years uh, from, from Aganorsa. And so I was very familiar with the, the tobacco. Um, Dion from Illusion is a good friend of mine. And I was very familiar with his cigars coming out of Topsa. And I knew in order to make a 100% Nicaraguan cigar, The key to that was going to be, of course, the fillers, the binders, but the wrapper. You know, having a Nicaraguan wrapper um, is not an easy thing because of the sun exposure, the land. You know, wrappers are generally coming from Ecuador, from Mexico, from other parts of the country. And I knew uh, the team here at Tabsa and Aganorsa had been working on growing wrapper for many, many years. And to me, it was the best wrapper um, I felt for Elwa Wense, the wise man, that I was going to launch. so that was that was crucial.
0: So what does that end up meaning uh, that that vision of, of sort of having Nicaragua and, and having that be the identity of the brand or sort of at its core? What does that end up meaning to the to the end smoker in terms of the experience? Flavor country okay
1: just fla- I mean I had never worked on a hundred percent Nicaraguan blend before. Uh, Which may my, be
0: surprising to a lot of people. What with the uh, Nick Aragua and like it, it's, yeah. it's been such a part of what you identify with. But the fact that this was the, the, the first f- one.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I thought it was appropriate. It was perfect because yeah. I had never done it before. It was something new, something different for me. And I think for final consumers also and the stores, um, you know, to me, really, you know, you're getting all of Cuban seed tobacco, but. Tobacco that's distinctly Nicaraguan. Right. And what I mean by that, you know, you, you have, for me and personally, much more of an explosion of flavor um, and complexity to the Cuban seed that's grown here in Nicaragua and Esteli and Jalapa. So you get that cedar, you get that spice, but then you also get body and strength, but it's not overwhelming. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going for, for the blend to have a medium, medium-plus, Um, blend that cedar kind of spice profile you know nothing for me blending the key is is balance and i don't enjoy things that end up jading my palate or too aggressive on my palate and uh you know having a nice a nice balance to it so i think that's definitely what we we accomplished
0: so uh, oh sorry go ahead no go ahead oh i was just gonna say you know we talked a little bit about the you mentioned the tobacco itself Mm -hmm. How would you characterize the working relationship with TABSA and with with Eduardo? And and in other words, why here? What is it about this factory, aside from the raw material, that makes you feel like this was the.
1: Well, the team here, you know, the team Eduardo I've known again since 2003. So we've all had a relationship for many, many, many years. And, you know, not only in a business relationship, but as you see yesterday, you know, Dining together and roasting pigs. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Max more. And Max, you know, became very involved in the operation. Um, Asinto, Arsenio. You know, Arsenio reminds me of my my grandfather, um, the Cuban version of my grandfather. And they've actually talked on the phone a couple times uh, from the States. My grandfather's 92 right now. But, you know, learning from Arsenio, you know, I'm always learning and growing about to, you know, tobacco and learning from these guys over the years, continuing to come in here and learn more about the tobaccos on a production standpoint. And Eduardo, you know, they opened up the vaults to me, you know, let me go in and select all the tobaccos that I wanted to. And pretty much, you know, they know I've had my, the experience from the factory. And, you know, you see, I get to come in and, you know, I'm treated like family. So, yeah. You know, you can't, you can't beat that. And they know I know, you know, what I'm looking at, where the production, you know, is coming from, the sorting, the thing. And I, I was able to, I think also contribute, you know, to some things here at the factory too, that I was doing. Cause everybody does something different. Um, so it just has been natural. Yeah. And for me, that was key. You know what I mean? Especially with my new project. And I was close to wanting to start a factory and, you know, just having these relationships with a factory like Topsa, uh, I didn't need to because, you know, they they treat me like family. Sure. So
0: I've been informed by the voice of God, yeah. over here that we're we're referring to the factory as Aganorsa, and, and not which, oh, yeah. I, which I think is great because it it really does sort of draw attention. We were kind of joking around yesterday about how convoluted all the the factory names are, and it's tough to keep track of of some of the acronym uh, alphabet soup. So. Uh, so the factory is Aganorsa, Okay. which also deals with Agonorsa tobacco. Okay. Um,
1: so I'm going to eliminate TAPSA from my vocabulary? I guess so. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. All right. Uh, fa Right. F. 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 has right. spoken.
0: Um, but, I like it, by the way. I like, yeah, it. I I like, it. I like it. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. And I think it really, especially considering that, uh, that that's sort of the core of the identity of, of everything that happens here.
1: You know, and if I might... Mu- If I can interject, you know, having Terrence right here, which is, I think, an amazing addition (coughs) to the team, is to bring that under, you know, the name of Aganorsa, because I I think that's that's key, and I think that's maybe one of his main roles here, um, is to bring it under, because it's, you know, the marketplace is confusing as it, you know, you walk into a humidor, so you know there's been a lot of names over the years tropical aganorsa topsa all that so aganorsa is um you know it's key because it's the roots exactly. of the company is this amazing tobacco that's that's being grown here in Nicaragua so
0: sure so uh with foundation you sort of introduced new roles into your your life in cigars uh namely uh you know you've got the U.S. side. Got to sell these things. Yeah. Huh? So, so what, what's that been like? Because you you were in Esteli for a long time. And and what's it been like sort of transitioning to?
1: It's been a learning experience. And I'm still learning a lot. Um, again, for me, you know, anything you're doing for a long period of time, you know, I come from the store from the 90s. Yeah. And the market has changed so much since that time. But um, I'm learning a lot, listening a lot. Um, you know, learning the stores. A lot of these stores I've never seen only at the IPCPR. You know, they would see me once a year maybe. So I've had relationships, but they're learning more about, you know, my background, my history, and about the company more and more. And uh, it's been great. I mean, I love being in, besides being around tobacco, the production floor near P-Loans, you know, I light up when I'm in a humidor. So yep. it's been great to visit a lot of these stores that I've heard about, known about, never seen before, and really go in and meet people, um, shake people's hands, and um, you know, learn more about the distribution and sales of cigars. And uh...
0: So when you say that things have changed uh, since the 90s, what yeah. are some of the starkest differences, especially as it relates to the smokers' experience of, of being a consumer of cigars?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot more, there's many more brands You know when you walk into a humidor it can be pretty overwhelming you know one of the things i always said to myself about you know the bands of cigar why are the bands of cigars so big these days and then it hit me when you walk into a humidor you know you want it you want it to jump out and to hit you because there's so much on the shelves um you know the boutique this idea of boutique uh, Whatever brands. Whatever that means and, right, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was talking about it with someone, and boutique, it's such a, there's no defined word to it. Yeah. But if you look at our industry, in the whole realm of the tobacco pie, you know, between machine-mades and hand machine-made market is 13 billion units. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah, it's nuts handmade is between Nicaragua Honduras and the Dominican is 320 million units our industry is boutique yeah. in that sense because it's 2% of the whole um but you know we've had this trend of smaller companies you know smaller brands a lot more brands i think around 2005ish 60s they started hitting um it's been interesting to see those brands grow and retailers take to a lot of those brands because in my day, you know, a lot of the humidors were general. Altalis, this, you know, some of the larger companies. Yeah. And I've seen a definite shift, you know, to, to a lot more smaller smaller brands throughout the country.
0: So now that you're more engaged on, on that side and you're interacting with smokers more face-to-face, are, are there any uh, bits of feedback or any, any things that you've picked up from that that you might not have picked up without, without being there in the flesh? Uh, talking to the people who are who are smoking your cigars
1: yeah, definitely. I mean just uh, I think the the basis of just sales in general and the different types of smokers I've been exposed to more because a lot of times you know I'm exposed to smokers that are more into reading about cigars, blogging about cigars, you know reading magazines, and then you know meeting a lot of smokers that you know, come in, buy their cigars, and then they're out of the store. Yeah. So that, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, sort of. Sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. A bit. Um I'm trying to think. There, there's so many little things that are become big things that sure. have been learning experiences. Um, the different types of stores, you know, the different types of tobacconists has been interesting to, mm-hmm. to learn about. Um, you know, between stores that just have kind of people behind the counter... Not so knowledgeable to, you know, stores that every person that walks into the humidor, somebody goes into the humidor with them. Right, yeah. Um, and we run
0: into that all the time. I and mean, we're seeing a whole wide variety of yeah. that kind of thing when we travel around the country, working on travel stories especially, but a lot of that involves going to different kinds of lounges and stores. And yeah, there's a really wide variety of, of experiences that the smoker has walking in and out of the store.
1: Every place is unique, which strikes me a lot. You know, every store I go to, there is a uniqueness to the store, whether it be the sizes that people are smoking, the blends that people are smoking, the style of the store. It's really cool. I mean, yeah. to see there's some really amazing, you know, tobacco shops around the country um, that have a lot of,
0: lot of character. Having, having started on the store side, is, is there anything that you've seen, you know, without necessarily uh, calling somebody out for doing something wrong? or yeah. Is there something that you think, like, I wish I saw more of this in cigar shops and lounges, whether that's an aspect of the service or something about the, the way The service to me
1: is key. You know what I mean? The service of getting behind from behind the counter and going into the humidor with every customer and that personal service to yeah. me is is key. And knowledge and education of the brands. Sure. You know, I mean that is of course the ambiance of the store and whatnot, but that's what tobacconists are For you know what I mean, you you can go and buy stuff you know via computer and and whatnot. But the tobacconist is there for education and you know to know their product. Yeah. And there are certain stores that you know they're just on their. Can we swear on this show? Yeah. They're on their shit. You know what I mean? They they know you know they're there to educate and help their customers because it's a difference between somebody coming in. And say there are new, especially newer smokers. It could be very overwhelming to be in this industry. Yeah. And if you get people that are, you know, kind of snobby about knowledge or I know this more than you, you know, it's intimidating to smokers. I think to get into the cigars more. So for me, it's key to have a welcoming environment and educating people, you know, on a, a, a basic level. But you got a basics, you know, somebody that's coming in for the first time what that person recommends to that client can completely drive them into smoking or not. You know what I mean? If you get a new smoker coming in and then you hit them with a you know, double ligero something and they smoke it, and then they're going to think that's what cigars taste like. Yeah. And they might not pick up a cigar again.
0: And I think especially now that there's so much digital media yeah. that's consumed by people who smoke frequently. If you're a new smoker, I think like... It, like any other product, your first instinct now is probably to look online and what you're doing is you're consuming a lot of media produced by people with more seasoned palates and God. they're not really, they're not speaking to you and then if you're guiding yourself by say a top 25 list, how much stuff on the top 25 list would you recommend to somebody smoking their first cigar?
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, it's, And it's all, per, everybody has a different palate. Right, right. Everybody takes strength. I've met new smokers that want, you know, the wise man Maduro and this, they want more. And then other new smokers, they can't, they want something very light. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody I think has a, it's a different sure. preference and it's finding out what you like.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So just to, to kind of round things out, unless there's something we haven't touched on that you want to touch on, what would you, uh, what would you say is on the horizon for foundation?
1: For, for me right now is continuing to build, you know, I, made brands like well when the wise man maduro they're very rich in history and there's a lot of depth to these brands because i wanted to make brands that are going to be around 20 years from now um so for me is going to be the continuing building of these brands uh and visiting stores and really educating you know the stores and final consumers more and more this is never going to stop for me yeah. you know what i mean it's the constant Education, so people once people you know learn about the blends and the brands, your mind opens up, and it's a completely different smoking experience. Um, We also have you know some some little treats here and there uh, coming out. I think you'll see a uh, wise man Maduro Lancero. You think coming out? I think so. Yeah, maybe, maybe possibly. You know, it's all about having the right product and and it being right because you know so. Yeah. If it's right. It's right. You know, it's like the wise man Maduro. I remember the first, you know, you know, kind of what the cigar is going to be like off the production floor, right? right? Especially if you have the experience of being down here and smoking cigars fresh, right? For me, my opinion, you never really know until it's had that aging time, 90 days, you know, that moisture from the production floor is sort of, you know, gone down. So, when I smoked the Wise Man Maduro off the floor, I was like, man, wow, this is really tasty. But let me see. Aged out. I was actually in New York with a friend. He said, try this. It's the first time I smoked one with that amount of 90 days aging time. Lit it up. He lit it up. Smoking it. He was looking at me. I was looking at him. His eyes start you know, getting really wide. My eyes start getting... I said, you smoking what I'm smoking right now? He said, "Man, this is fucking incredible. This yeah. is off the wall." So, it was right. Yeah. So that's on the way. It's on the way. Maybe kind of sort of Lance, Lancero. Yeah. We're going to we're going to be working on the soft box press Lancero.
0: Nice. Yeah. Watch out. All right, cool with that.
1: Thanks we'll for having it, uh, me.
0: Yeah, thank you. This is great. It's Nick squared. Nick's that's right. Nick squared. <laughs> if only there were a video, people wouldn't be people wouldn't know what to do here we got to take a picture. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Nick for taking the time to do that interview. And to the people at Aganorsa who hosted me on my trip to Esteli, Nick and I recorded that interview in the Aganorsa factory conference room where I was treated to an unreasonable amount of espresso and cookies. If you enjoyed that chat, you should look out for the next issue of Cigar Snob Magazine for a story on Aganorsa tobacco and cigars. Also look at past episodes of this podcast for an interview with Aganorsa founder Eduardo Fernandez. That is specifically episode 20. As always, thank you for listening to the Cigar Snob Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Rate and review us while you're there. You can also find episodes of the podcast at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast. Share this episode with friends and fellow smokers who you think might be interested in this story. If you're a social media person, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Cigar Snob Mag. Finally, Make sure to send any feedback, questions, or comments to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. That's feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. We might just respond to you right here on the podcast or in the pages of Cigar Snob Magazine. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Nick Jimenez, and this is the Cigar Snob Podcast. At Cigar Snob Magazine, we know that man cannot live on water alone, which is why we keep a healthy stockpile of saffron rum at the office. I'm Nick Jimenez, senior editor of Cigar Snob Magazine, and I'm here to tell you that every time we crack open a bottle of Safra rum, we are impressed. In fact, I'm kind of hydrating with Safra rum right now. It's unlike anything else, in part because of Safra's small-batch approach. They use only hand-cut sugarcane and process it into top-grade molasses, distill in column stills, and ferment in a proprietary, locally-grown yeast. The rum master then ages the virgin rum in carefully selected bourbon oak casks. The end result is a rum masterpiece that's great for top shelf cocktails, drinking it on the rocks, or even just drinking it neat, which, by the way, is what we did when we paired this in the pages of Cigar Snob magazine with the Oliva Serie B Melanio, but it goes great with just about any cigar. Here's what we had to say about Safra rum. Quote, the rum introduces smooth, honey, caramel, and molasses flavors that start to complement the coffee, chocolate, and spice from the cigar. Safra also received an exceptional 95-point rating from the Beverage Tasting Institute, so we are not the only ones who are crazy about this stuff. It's just another one of their prestigious awards. Ask for Safra rum at your favorite retailer, restaurant, or bar. Make sure you follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Safra Rum. that's Z-A-F-R-A, rum, safra rum. Always drink responsibly and remember that there is no rum without safra.